Hello, and welcome back to our podcast series on the brand new America's Cup boat, the AC-75. I'm Mark Chisnell, and I'm back here in Ben Ainsley's office with the team principal and skipper of INEOS Team UK. So far, there have been four AC-75s launched. It's been a really interesting period, seeing the different thinking from each of the teams and, of course, the public reactions to it. I think it's fair to say that there are more differences than similarities in the four boats, particularly with the hulls, which are always the initial focus of attention. So today, I wanted to look a little more closely at hull design, picking out some of the more obvious traits from the four boats already out there and talking about the reasons why they look the way they do, or they might look the way they do. Ben, let's start with the one point of consensus amongst the four boats, and that's the divided cockpit. Everyone has a deck layout with a trench down each side of the boat, the two being separated by what's effectively an extension of the foredeck that runs all the way to the stern. So what's the thinking behind this layout? Well, really, the, the, the thinking is to create a pod, as you say, from the bow of the boat through to the stern of the boat and to end plate the, the mainsail to that pod. And there's some really, really strong aerodynamic gains to doing this. Uh, and, 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 it, and we've seen all, all four teams really push that very hard. And then that effectively means that you end up with two sort of trench-style uh, cockpits on, on either side of, of the yacht. And that's, yeah, like I said, that's been consistent throughout the teams. And then once you've got that pod in the, in the middle at, uh, and the trenches down the side, um, your crew is then ideally as hidden from the wind as possible to re- reduce the drag from the crew. And then after that, it's the, you know, the layout that you have in those trenches. Um, and we've seen that again as being quite different amongst the teams. Right, so let's pick up the first point from that, just talk a little bit about the end plate effect because some people might not have heard of that before. What's this all about? Well, the end plating is really to do with the the lift generated from the pressure difference created between the high and low pressure sides. And that air can flow from the high to low pressure sides over the ends or the tips of the foils. Then it reduces the pressure difference and, and then creates efficiency. So an end plate is really just something that stops the flow over the end of the foil and is is more aerodynamically efficient and reduces drag. All right, so we've got the central pod to achieve the end plate effect on the mainsail and we've got these two trenches on either side of the boat to get the crew out of the airflow and reduce the drag. The teams seem to agree on that, um, but it pretty much ends there. We've seen some different thinking in the number of grinding pedestals on each side, which you just referred to, so let's pick up on that point next. That tells us a little bit about who and how many people are crossing the boat each time it tacks or jibes. Yeah, well, we we talked a little bit about this last month and re- regards to the control systems, and there are, there are definitely different approaches here as to whether all of your crew move from side to side, sort of is more traditional in 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 yacht racing, or you may decide to have your crew more split, um, so they're fixed on one side of the yacht, come what may, depending whatever tack you're on or manoeuvres you're doing, um, and there are sort of benefits there in in writing moment. Uh, there are benefits in um, just pure power efficiency of not having people moving from side to side and that's really part of the exciting trade-off with this class of boat and, and you'll see you'll, you'll, well we're already seeing different approaches across the teams yeah right so I mean yeah there's a lot to trade off essentially there's a lot of things going into this where, where people end up we've seen a bit of different thinking and it'll be interesting to see with the second boat whether or not uh, think the thinking coalesces on on particular strategy or if there'll still be big big differences. So let's 
move on to the hull design. There's one obvious big difference between uh, our boat and the American uh, Magic boat, which both have a flat bottom, and the Lunar Rossa and the Kiwis, both of which have a bustle. In the first case, case it's a V-shape, and in the second case it's a more rounded, longitudinal protuberance, for want of a better word, that runs fore and aft down the center line of the boat. What can you tell us about this? Well, that is, it's really fascinating development with this style of boat. And we've seen, a, uh, like you say, the Italians and Kiwis come up with a bustle or blister, if you want to call it, um, which is has two two effects really it has a hydrodynamic effect in terms of the boat going for its acceleration phase and then lifting up out of the water and then it also has quite a strong aerodynamic impact in terms of how you can we talked about the the aeroplate the end plating of the of the rig to the to the hull of the boat and then can you effectively do the same thing with the hull of the boat to the surface of the water and that again if you can achieve that that has really big uh, aerodynamic uh, performance games so yeah that that's part that's part of the game and you know you've got to weigh up how close you can get the boat to the surface of the water and if you do touch down on the water what's the dynamic effect of that with your different hull shapes and again we're seeing seeing different approaches to that and i'm sure we'll see different approaches as we go through to the to the second generation of boats and then into the cup racing itself Okay, so some really interesting thinking there about hull shapes being designed uh, as much for aerodynamic as hydrodynamic efficiencies. Now, we know obviously a little bit about the other boats. Um, in fact, we may know quite a lot, which we can come on to in a moment. But c- can we start with just some, some thoughts on the other three boats? Uh, we talked a little about, a bit about the Kiwis already. Um, can you give us a couple of points on your thinking on the Kiwi boat? I, th- I think the Kiwi boat is uh, it's it's really exciting to 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 see that development um, and and also the Prada boat. They're they're reasonably similar, I suppose, in their concept. I actually went down to New Zealand and wit- witnessed the Kiwi sailing in the, one of the early days when they got the boat in the water, and I was just really excited to see the boat sailing. And I think if you're a fan of sailing and and technology and sailing, you can't help but be awed by these boats and their their performance and potential performance. The the Kiwi boat is uh, you know has this bustle that we talked about to help the boat in its acceleration phase and lifting uh, or inducing into foiling and it's, and uh, you know that that it's a pretty strong boat in that respect. It's fair to say. And then the other thing to sort of really take note of is that in the foils they've incorporated weight of the bulb into the foil surface area so it's quite a lot of surface area in the foils but they then don't have a bulb to incorporate and uh, that, that again is a is a slightly different a- approach and yeah so moving on to the the Italians again trying to incorporate this bustle I think it's a really it's a bit more of an aggressive boat than the uh, than the New Zealand boat I think once it's out of the water, it can it can be a really strong boat, and it'll be interesting to see how it performs in that in the displacement mode, slow speed displacement mode. But again, I think really creative. So I really like a lot of the ideas on the Italian boat. They certainly really pushed, being as I said, pushed the boundaries in creativity, which is pretty cool to see. 
the American boat, I think, is quite similar to our boat. I think it's maybe not a coincidence that uh, ourselves and the Americans have taken a slightly different path to the Kiwis and the Italians in terms of how much knowledge of the concept of boat we had in the time before putting down the, the whole designs for boat one. And that is more of a boat that's based around uh, being in displacement mode and using that whole form to help accelerate in displacement mode and then go into to lift off, much as our boat is, is like that. How those boats, you know, there's some interesting considerations at how all of the boats perform out of the water and this uh, blister effect on the Kiwis and the Italian boat, our boat and the American boat don't have the blister but they have more effective surface areas. So, you know, what what are the trade-offs there in terms of the end plating to the surface of the water? How close can we get the boats to the surface of the water? That's all going to be really interesting with these boats, the dynamics of, of how these boats are sailed. And that, that will really ultimately, I think, define which boat has the best performance out of the water. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because everybody else has got to wait until next April when they see these boats go up against each other uh, for real. But the technology these days does actually allow us to put some numbers on it. I mean, it's, it's come a long way since we were measuring winches and, and using those to try and work out fin sizes and, and fall sizes. Can you talk a little bit about the technology involved in actually analysing the other boats now they're out in the open? Yeah, it's pretty sophisticated, as you say. We use a lot of simulation... Uh, that is is computer modelled really um, coming from the CFD and then into a velocity prediction program and that then feeds a simulator and we can model the other team's boats and effectively put them in a simulator and try and compare different performances so yeah it's it's quite quite cool really to to have that ability capability Uh, and then from that you've got to try and work out well why is a certain team come up with that concept design concept what you, know, you can't just it's no good just copying that because you've got to really understand what the emphasis is and what the priorities are of that particular design why it's why it is that particular shape and then once you try and understand that you can then perhaps incorporate that into your own design philosophies so yeah that that's been fascinating through this recent period as we've seen the boats come out and being a really also key period as we're going into now the design phase completing the design phase for the hull of boat two which is as you can imagine is a really critical period for the team because once that whole shape is is committed to that's that's really the die is cast in terms of pretty much we can make some modifications to the hulls of the boat but you know fundamentally you're you're not going to be able to change that whole whole shape radically so it's it's pretty critical to get that right so um how does the kiwi and the italian boat how do they go in the simulator then uh, they're good. They, they're both boats are, are good. They have um, their pros and, and cons. Um, yeah, like I said, the the Italian boat, um, I think, is uh, out of the water. is 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 a is a pretty good boat. Um, not to say the, the the Kiwi boat isn't either. It's you know the it's more about the dynamic behaviour that we're interested in. Um, at this stage the straight line speed obviously is, is really important but then with that comes into your foil design your rig sail shapes all the rest of it but the actual hull dynamic performance how it sits in the water lifts out of the water how it performs in the manoeuvring touchdown phases that's really what we're after trying to explore and 
you know, we can see we can see marked differences between all of the teams really in that respect. Fantastic, Ben. That was really interesting. Um, very much appreciated. Hopefully, everyone can go away and have a look at pictures of the four boats and understand a little bit more why they look the way they do now. So if you've got a question about the AC75, please do get on any of the team's social media channels and, and let us know. Make sure you use the hashtag uh, AC75podcast. Um, but right now, that's all for this month. We'll see you back here soon.